0: You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle dawes And as always, I'm super excited to be here. I, sh- I should stop saying I'm your host for today. I'm your host every time we are here. I just wanted to shout out real quickly. Today's show is powered by the Reclamation Project. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. For who she is, that is what we're going to talk about at the end of the show. Thank you so much, Reclamation Project. Um, for everything that you're doing in the community. Um, Thanks to all the new listeners, right? First and foremost, we want to thank everybody that listens to us every Sunday um, from 2 p.m. We got an extra hour, right? So a lot of people are feeling refreshed today because they're like, oh my gosh, that extra hour is just what I needed. Um, We're here every first and third Sunday at 2 p.m. And the brand is all about... Creatively collaborating, connecting to raise awareness regarding issues that impact women, and we do it by way of community service, um, public speaking, mentoring, and workshops, and the arts. And we've been doing this this arts piece, which is the media piece, for a couple of years now. It's very Very um, informative. I've been very excited about it because it allows us to talk about the issues. We bring in the people that we feel can help us, right? Give us the tools that we need so that we can be empowered to move forward. Um, It is a beautiful day here in Atlanta, sunny skies. We couldn't ask for a more prettier day. Um, a lot of buzz because the Braves won the World Series. So uh, uh, schools were actually closed, right? I told some friends up in New York that schools were closed. They were like, What? They never do it for the Yankees or when the Mets win. Yeah, they actually closed the school systems here in Atlanta to allow people to take the day off and be a part of the parade. So I know people are still kind of celebrating since Friday uh, in regards to the World Series. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for being a <laughs> championship home, right? So we're so happy for you in doing that. But today, I'm excited. Why are you excited, Michelle? You're always excited. Yeah, I'm excited because I get to talk to somebody I like. I like, I admire. He's smiling. Yes, I like and admire so much. And he knows, he says, Michelle, stop talking that way. I don't, you don't need to say those things. But it's true. I believe giving uh, people their flowers now is very important. Today's topic is how to build financial wealth. With my guest today, Kevin Davis, senior. Hi, Kevin.
1: <laughs> hey, Michelle.
0: <laughs> How are you, Kevin?
1: I'm good. Yeah, you looking good.
0: You look at today. Look, I wore today.
1: I'm saying we got that brand show.
0: Yes, 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 yes. It's, I'm, I'm like I'm here to support the brand 106. percent But before we get there, Kevin, tell the people where you from. Where you from, my friend?
1: Born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, and back and forth to Brooklyn. You know how New York is. You move 50
0: different times. Yeah. Well, some people do, because my people are in the Bronx, and they still ain't moved. They haven't even moved across the street. They're not moving. But I do notice that Queens and Brooklyn people tend to go back and forth and that type of thing. You're claiming Mm -hmm. two boroughs, Kevin. You're claiming two boroughs. I I was
1: born in Brooklyn, though.
0: Yeah, so that's what it is? You're claiming Brooklyn all day?
1: I'm claiming New York, because, you know, I'm out of New York now, so that's what I got to do.
0: That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. As a kid, tell me what was the neighborhood like for you growing up in New York, in wow. in Brooklyn, in Queens?
1: <laughs> well, you know, gangs on corners. Don't don't stand on the corner. Your mother would say.
0: Uh
1: huh. Um, you know, I mean, it was pretty tough. Yeah. You can't. Uh, you know, can't can't sugarcoat that. Yeah. You know, it was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my mom's a single parent. She had me when I was 17. So, um, I was raised primarily. By my grandmother. Mm -hmm. We lived on uh, Hancock Street Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn.
0: Mm -hmm. Where's your family from? Um, From the uh, Caribbean, the islands, anything like that?
1: My my grandfather was Trinidadian. My grandmother was Venezuelan. So you can put that together.
0: Yeah, that's a nice mix. That's spicy and saucy. So you're eating
1: good. I can have no bland food. None, (laughs) zero.
0: (laughs) You're eating good every day. (laughs) <laughs> are, you're, now are you a good cook did that translate Listen, i taught my
1: wife how to cook oh, she'll see. talk crap but yeah i taught how to cook you, so see, that's how that works see, so i had to eat
0: you had to
1: <laughs> so i had to learn how to cook
0: you had to learn how to cook so grocery shopping setting it up kevin for most people that don't know us kids in new york at that time years ago we were going to the store buying groceries coming home right cooking it up like you know you're very independent at that age correct
1: mm, correct absolutely I was a latchkey a kid.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me a little bit about this music. How did we get involved with music? Mm. Or tell me a little bit of the music you were listening to as a kid and then talk about how that translate into a career.
1: Um. Huh. Okay. So how did I get into music? You know, hip hop started. I lived, I lived there, when I moved to Queens, I lived in Springfield Gardens, yes. right? And right, I lived right next door to a park. Mm-hmm. Right, so they'd have park jams, and this is before rap started because you know they'd be playing breaks like Tina Marie Square biz and good Times and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. so you know it was about that whole part then you'd see the m c n coming out, so then they would have my junior high school was two thirty one so they would like plug up to the lamppost and put yeah. up the what they call ass kickers the speakers yeah. and I'd go there every single week and run every single week, every single week, mm-hmm. and it was at a time where. Um, I was about to go to college mm-hmm. and this is just before I got kicked out the crib. So I was in my second year of college and I got kicked out of the crib and I was just like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. My boy, you know, Neil was like, yo, you should make a record. I laughed. I was like, come on, man, get out of here. Feed it. Right? <laughs> so the funny part is I had nothing else to do. I'm ignorant. I don't know what the heck's going on. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Let me try yeah. about this is 86, 687. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went on a war path. Just, you know, I'm a focused person. I just don't stop. I'm relentless. And I wanted to get in a record deal with Warner Brothers Records in 89. Now, mm-hmm. let me set it up. So I was straight hip hop. Yeah. Straight hip hop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when I was in the park, Redman, Bismarck, and, you know, Ed Lover was funny because he had this record called My Lovers um, mimicking my Adidas. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. But anyway, Mikey D, everybody would come to the park and rap. So, you know, that was my thing. Yeah. So my cousin, you know, took me to this club called The Garage
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the city, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: it had all these beautiful women in there. And I was like, wait a minute, I ain't <laughs> never seen that like this. So I'm going every Friday. We yes. try to go, right? Um, and we're in the G and I'm like, they're playing these records and I'm like, first I was like, this is kind of whack, kind of weird.
0: Mm-hmm. but Then I was
1: start- I started dancing mm-hmm. and then it caught me. I was done. That's it. So between, between The Garage and Union Square, yes, right? Yes. With the razors in your mouth, yes. it was a little bit different. So I, I go to Union Square yeah. all the time, even though I went there all the time, mm-hmm. i go to the G. Because yeah. be amongst a bunch of kids, girls, I yeah. yeah. mean guys, or yeah. girls. Yeah. I choose the girls he for 200 bills. So two that's exactly what I did. So one day, I'm walking through the G. They're playing a record. And I start rapping to it. And this later became Stomp, which is my hit single. Yes. Right? And so... I started rapping. got the first part of it. I was like, hmm. So fast forward a little bit. I'm working. I'm selling cars in New Jersey at Mitsubishi. um, What is it? uh, Bob Shizuli Mitsubishi (laughs) on Route 46. (laughs) This is funny stuff. So now I got a demo tape of me rapping over Lynn Collins' beat really fast, having a good time. And I gave it to what was my manager at the time, Cousin.
0: Yeah.
1: He took it to The man, my manager, he heard it, called me into the studio, and he plugged in Stomp, which was the beat. And I wrote that in five minutes. Wow. So, yeah, five minutes. And it was hilarious. I never wrote anything down. So it was just all spit it out. And so I remember saying to them, because it was on an eight track, it was like, I was like, I hope they play that on the radio. Man, they played that record 30 times a day on all the stations. It was a huge record. Really huge, really huge
0: record. <laughs> I was found
1: at Warner Brothers in 1989. September 19th, the record came out, and life changed. I didn't work for, like, five years. Um, it was just, it was nothing.
0: It went from zero to 60 in 10 seconds, yeah. right?
1: You know so funny? I had an 87 Toyota Corolla. Uh-huh. The door opened on the passenger side. <laughs> right? I am driving on, I think it was, I don't know if it was, uh, linden boulevard or a guy brew i don't know what i just coming from i forgot what block it was so there's a school bus to my left i'm in the 1987 toyota corolla you can barely see me the students are going crazy they played my video that day and somebody recognized
0: me wow
1: talk about somebody's
0: <laughs> 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 You're selling cars and you didn't even get a new car for yourself. Like, all is good. Okay, <laughs> so
1: when you hood, you don't know what's good, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and at that time, I wasn't I wasn't connected to anything yeah. funny, uh, money or materialism. Yeah. I was in the middle. Yeah. So to back it up a little bit, when everyone's wearing Kangos, rope chains, and shell Adidas, yes. you know, I couldn't afford rope chains, Kangos, and shell Adidas. So yeah. I always had my own lane. You understand? Yeah. So I wasn't thinking about buying stuff. When I when the record came out, it was a huge hit. I'm making ninety grand a month plus. I didn't think of moving out of my studio apartment. I was still sleeping on a futon.
0: Wow, wow. You
1: understand? Like yes. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. You, this is so, it's yes. so funny when you get when you get educated.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Like, I didn't know anything. I mean, all of to me, it was about women partying, and hanging out with my boys. That was was it. it.
0: That was it. I mean, that was a huge record because Tony Humphreys, Humphreys remixed He did a remix. And he was big and still is. So, man, for you to just spit it out, like, bam.
1: Well, it was part of you. Like, you know, that was just different. Like, Mm -hmm. back then, you know, (laughs) music was my life. It's like music is everything to me. Like, I listen to music. It takes me to a place. So,
0: you know, that's easy. That was easy. He said in the, you said in the lyrics, Nine dances. Don't crowd the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Well, Fax. you gotta realize facts. <laughs> okay,
1: so this is back in New York when New York was on fire club wise. Yes. So you had clubs like the Ritz, the Underground, um, uh, Studio Fifty Four, yeah. Roseland. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these parties were going on, and it was like you know I was doing like thirteen party thirteen shows a week. It was wow. just crazy. One place to the next place. One place. Yeah to the next place. Yeah. So, it was all about dancing. Mm-hmm. It was not about standing around yeah. looking crazy mm-hmm. or a bar, bar was it um, a bottle service? Yeah. It was, no, it was all about partying and having a good time. So, when you start to see like, you know, like I met Big Les in in, a, in the sound factory. Yeah. We she was, was just like partying.
0: Les. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you do Bentleys in Zanzibar too, Kevin, on your circuit? That was my house. Was- like,
1: Zanzibar was my house yeah. like you couldn't even like that was that i was tony humphries yeah he did the remix yeah. i did Zanzibar more than i did anything Anywhere. bentley i did bentley and fell off the stage and got back up and still did no. my thing but bentley had this makeshift stage yeah. it wasn't really a good thing but it didn't matter. We we had fun in that club. We tore it down. You
0: tore it down. So so Kevin, if we're making this kind of bread, we're and we're living the life, we're having a good time, what led you to come out of the music industry? What happened?
1: <clears throat> um it got to a point where it got old. Oh. What the deal was this. Um, I realized back then that if you didn't have a clique of people where you had your own music stable, Mm -hmm. right, you weren't going to be able to get records, Mm -hmm. right? Because DJs or producers were like, well, I'm only going to place it with someone who's going to give me a hit. Right. Right? Right. So, you know, that whole energy was because you had, like, everyone had their own sounds back then. Tribe had their own sound. PE had their own sound. I had my own sound, but the people I was rolling with, they wanted me to do nothing but club records and I didn't want to do that. Ah. So when the label when Warner Brothers got to the point where, you know, I wrote a record just to get thrown off the label and I did and I wanted getting another deal later, mm-hmm. but they wanted me to do, you know, labels and R's, no disrespect, but mm-hmm. sorry not sorry, they're very like uni- you know, unidirectional. They don't really think outside the box mm-hmm. and there's no there's no more artist development. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get someone to come in and say, yo, this is great. Let's do this. Let's do this. That didn't happen. Yeah. Most of my artist development happened before I got to making a record. And like my buddy Dave Shore, who was the A&R at, um, at uh, Warner Brothers, I didn't like him at the time, but we got to be really cool after the fact. Yeah. But he he was a real A&R. He knew what he wanted. He knew how to get it out, mm-hmm. you know, and we did a good job. But I just didn't agree with, with the direction they wanted me to go in. So I just bowed out.
0: Yeah. Okay, so once we got out of music, what was next for us? Is that the insurance we started doing insurance at that time, or no? What was next? No,
1: I was I became a stockbroker. Mm. So no, I um I remember watching the movie Trading Places and was blown away. Yeah. Like I'm just talking about blown, I was blown.
0: Yeah.
1: So I was like, all right, I want to do that. Yes. I didn't know what that was. Yes. They were doing commodities, not stocks, but ignorance again. Like, and that was the thing about when you don't know. You can do so much. When you think you know, you're so limited. So mm. I was just like, okay, I want to do that. I'm sitting in front of my my grandmother's home in Flushing, mm-hmm. and my next-door neighbor says, listen, you should come work at my firm. Mm. That firm turned out to be the the, the notorious Stratton Oakmont, mm. where the Wolf of Wall Street was made after. Mm. And I got to tell you, as much wrong as they were doing, they were the best salesmen on the planet and they got their sales skills from the lehman brothers Mm -hmm. so it's not like they started out bad they learned it from from the
0: good from from the the bigger wirehouses, right
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. so i learned i did that and you know realizing that was like horrible i want to that that firm closed down on december 6 1996 Mm -hmm. i was there for two years okay Then I went to another firm, and it was bouncing around one firm, and I landed at a research firm, which was really cool. Mm. But that's, you know, what happened after the music.
0: Okay. So, we're in New York. So, how did we end up getting to where we are now? Because now we're in Florida. We live in Florida Mm -hmm. now. So, how did we move from New York to Florida? How did that happen?
1: Oh, man. I got tired of New York.
0: (laughs) You get tired of stuff, you just be like, I'm done.
1: I got tired of jumping out on cab drivers. You know?
0: (laughs) I was a little reckless, you know. You um, you making yeah. money, but didn't want to pay for the cab. Just was still
1: no. It wasn't even that. It's just that the whole. I use crab uh, crab drivers. Yeah, crab drivers. <laughs> cab drivers is a metaphor because it was like the whole fast pace. Plus, you by the time you realize you, you you were living, you didn't have a life because you're moving so fast.
0: Right. Okay. Right.
1: You don't slow down for nothing. Mm. Right. But I just I I went to Florida. Uh, I think once every three months. Okay. And was like, wow, this was just a feeling that I had every time I got to to Miami. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And uh, it was just my vibe. And I loved it. I love the sun. I hate the snow. Mm. So, you know, after a couple of snowstorms, I was like, you know what? I'm moving.
0: You're done.
1: And then, you know, after I ended all relationships, I bounced.
0: (laughs) Did You dear John, (laughs) I'm out of (laughs) here. I said, peace, I'm gone. I'm done. You didn't take none of them with you, starting afresh. So nah, no, no,
1: I went for dolo.
0: Yeah, so now we're in Florida. So what are we are doing career-wise? What's going on with us? How are we making So I came money? to
1: Florida with a plan. I wasn't going to Florida just to go to Florida. I so what I did eh? was my buddies were all transitioning from the stock market to the mortgage market. Mm-hmm. I was late. So I, I researched it, and I researched that Florida's laws were lax to the point where all you needed to become a mortgage broker and have your own shop was the license and a shingle. Yes. You have to have a place to work. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go work for a mom and pop, learn the business. Then I'm gonna open up my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what I did and I crushed the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. It was fun until 2008 happened. Mm-hmm. And when 2008 happened, um, like, I mean, phew, I was making so much money in mortgage business. It's ridiculous. I learned how to close a loan in three to four days. Wow! So this is back when you had control of your appraiser, but right. Um, you know, did very well there. After that, when the mortgage crisis hit, you couldn't do a loan. I remember my last loan was done in May, 2008. Mm -hmm. So um, I had some cash. So I kind of sat around and figured out what to do. And my friend Cookie calls me up. It's like, listen, you should check out this firm, uh, this insurance company. I was like, I don't want to do insurance. Mm -hmm. So no, check it out. You'll be really good at it. So I said, okay, Okay. I got my license. I was never the person that does it after. I I didn't want to go to them you know, I'm going to get my license. I came in with my license. So I got my license yeah. first, went right. to the firm. Um, and I remember, I never forget it because <laughs> it was a cattle call. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of people there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is corny stuff. So then guy sitting there, he's like, you got a nice suit. I'm like, your suit's not so nice. So I'm sitting there looking <laughs> at this whole energy. I'm just, they're not ready. So I remember being in the first meeting, they were giving out bonuses and they were giving out $50 bonuses and clapping their hands like, woo, $300 bonus. I'm like, listen, I should make 70 grand in a week. What are you talking about right here? Right? Mm -hmm. So after I got off of my ego, right, I learned the business. Mm -hmm. And then I became a number one agent there. I got my own agency. And that's when I left from Florida to go to Maryland to run Maryland. And I stayed there for seven years. Wow. Made you know, I built my renewals up to the point where they were massive and then i i kind of retired to um to florida again mm-hmm. but this time with wife and toe and a couple of years later baby
0: so so all of these opportunities kevin i want to i just want to call out a couple of things because uh, you know oftentimes kevin we jump into these careers and we don't do the work or have the passion that we should right so i, I know for you personally and reading the book as well and just talking to you as a person You do the research like you are all in anything that you put your. So, yes, you set your set. You set your mind to it. You set your sights to it. But you also learn the craft. You study what it is, because secondary is not an option for you. Right. You got to be that dude like excelling in the things that you do. So you've done that in the stocks. You're doing that in the mortgage. Now you're doing it in insurance. I think that's important to just mention that because sometimes we think we can just Google a little bit of things, (laughs) right? And go to work, right? And go to work, read the first couple of chapters in a book, but they don't, we don't really embody it. Like you body things before you actually get into it. Hence why you've been very successful financially in those spaces. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I am. Um, I look at it like this. I find the most successful person there uh-huh. and then study the game and know that I can do better. Right. The one thing I know that I can outwork you, like you're not going to, you're not going to outwork me. Okay. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. So, and the way I look at it is if you need eight hours of sleep, I need five. I need four. Mm. I'll sleep on three. Mm. I'll do everything I have to do. If it takes you six months to get there, I'm gonna get there in three months. I'm just gonna study the steps. Yeah. So that was my thought process. So I would I researched all of the fifty states and how the mortgage business worked before I went. And when I went mm. to Florida, here's what happened. So God you know, nothing happens by coincidence. Right. Okay, we think it's a no it's not. It's no coincidence. It always happens because you know how it goes. Right, right, so yeah. I remember my man, Neil, taking me to try to get foreclosures. And I remember that day knocking on people's doors because they had this thing called Liz Pendant. So you knew that they were in foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And I felt the feeling of these people wanting to keep their homes but couldn't afford to keep their home. And I didn't want to do that. But what he did for me is he took me to the courthouse where all the mortgages were recorded. Mm. I was like, hmm. So when I got to Florida and I opened up the mortgage company and found out that Miami-Dade, uh, West Palm Beach County. And Broward County was all online. And all I had to do was look up the look up all of the mortgages, find out when the interest rates were going up, and then give the client a call. Right. But I was getting like 20, 30 mortgages in a week because no one was doing that because people don't like to co-call. Right. And so stockbroker, we co-call $500 all a time. day. So right <laughs> the I was like, this is like, so I went from zero to 1,000 real quick. And mm. this is how God works. I'm in Florida and after, like, I, I was socializing myself and now to play poker as well. I'm really good at that. Mm. I just didn't like the energy around me, so I, I toned that down. Right. So, but I went to play free poker at a place in, um I don't know, somewhere in Florida, Coral Springs, something like that, mm. and met a processor by the name of Naomi. Naomi was like, yeah, I'm doing mortgages. I'm, you know, we have a processing, buyer's title, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I said, okay. So... I, I was new. She didn't know I was new. I was not going to tell you. I'm new. I'm fresh in the business. I'm out the package. That's stupid. <laughs> so I took my first client. And how did I get my first client? By playing poker in Hollywood. And the guy was like, yo, you do Morgan? said, yeah, We only I'm only going to charge you a point in, in the front, a point in the back. He's like, really? I yeah. said, yeah. So I did that and made my first commission and took it to them. Um, Buyer's title, which is Naomi. And the funny part is, I didn't know the arrogance of people in in Florida. Mm. No disrespect to Florida, but there's a big arrogance here. They don't show up to the closing table, the brokers never go, like, ever go. So I thought it was customary for me, I'm a New Yorker, I show up at the closing Mm. table. They were like, huh? Yeah.
0: So
1: so I showed up, and from that, I earned the biggest client that they had at the time, which is my buddy Jim Sullivan, which Mm. is, I coach him now, right? Right, in the other financial realm. Yeah. So, And he gave me. He had like a hundred over a hundred properties. So I was doing like two to three properties for him almost every week, Mm. right? And then from there, I was introduced to my buddy Russell Fitzpatrick, which owned the largest exit realty in the nation, had over four hundred realtors, and we partnered. And I was doing uh, more of for him. So it's it's not about who you are; it's who you are at the time, yes. And who wants to know you,
0: yes, right? So
1: and and it's about the energy you carry, yeah. Because if you're not a good person. They gonna see through you yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, and because my energy was so low, like my my I, I carry a huge sense of humility because mm. I'm like, listen, how you chose me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you 100%. Yeah, like I'm yeah. gonna go hard for you. Yeah. Like you're going That's why I go hard for my team now.
0: Mhm. Kevin, you are surrounding the money. I, I'm hearing it come in. But you also said earlier in our conversation you had hood thinking. So even when you were making money, you didn't really know. When did it start to click for you to start changing your mindset and how to respect and utilize money and start to build wealth?
1: This is going to be a a funny story, but it needs to be said. Okay. Because it's going to say a lot. (sighs) So I remember moving to Florida Mm -hmm. and I was staying on my buddy's couch for two weeks. And he said to me, Kev, you don't have money, man. Um, you know, you you he judged me, mm. right? Mm. And he's like, man, you ain't got no stock accounts, and you a stockbroker, mm. and we didn't know no better, right. right? Right. So, but I I peaked this game, and I was like, mm, okay, that's when the switch went off.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Right, and when that switch went off, I realized that I didn't have what I needed to have at a certain period of time. That society was expecting it to be there, but I didn't care about society. I care about myself. And so I said, okay, let me tool up. So then I started, that's when the mortgage business went from zero to 100. But yet I still didn't learn the lesson though, because when the mortgage business went out, I had a little money, but I wasn't investing it in the stocks yet, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So once that happened again, I said, okay, no more. Mm -hmm. So then when I went to the actual insurance company, I was making renewals. And so as owners of the business, your expenses are a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're huge. Yep. And the companies keep pushing them on you too because they want you to expand because they're public company and blah, 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 right? Right. So I remember when Apple split nineteen in 2014, seven for one, and I told everybody around me, I couldn't do it because my expenses were too high. Mm. Right? Mm. Could you imagine? Mm. But I was recommending Apple at $18 a share in 95, 96. Mm. Right. Ooh. So anyway, <laughs> so after learning all of those lessons,
0: yes, yes, I
1: was like, okay, then my son was born and yes. click, click, That's boom. That's
0: it. That is it. Yeah. You was off to the races. Yeah. So the mind changes. So Kevin, now that you've sw- flipped the switch, what was the first step you took to start to create some form of wealth? Was it stocks? Was it policy? Tell, tell us... What was the first Well, the thing first thing doing? I did
1: was I needed to have uh, residual income. Okay. I needed to have money that I didn't have to work for anymore. Okay. And what I do, I'm really good with numbers and I set goals. So I go, okay, I need X amount of dollars a month and I need it um within a two-year period, okay, or two to five-year period, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I do the math. I say, okay, how many policies did I have to write in order to get X amount of dollars okay. so I can put the first layer of my house in, Okay, right? Okay. So I did that. So when I retired in January 2019, I already had income that was going to pay me for the rest of my life. So that was dope. Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. So now the pressure did you say of day
0: to Wait, did you say for the rest of your life?
1: hmm yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as the, um, as as the policyholders pay,
0: I, I can <laughs> he pay. He for the rest of his life. Because oftentimes, Kay, we save up maybe three months, six months. We don't really have access to save up for the rest of our life. I just wanted to I just wanted to put that, drop but that. But it's genuine.
1: also how you think about it. Most yeah. people, listen, if you ask people what they're... What, type of money they want to retire with, yes. they're quick to throw out a million, but then in the, their habits say they're going to retire with not even thousands. So not enough to pay their bills, right. You know, right. because let's, let's flush it out this way. I know from experience, whenever I ask someone, what are you going to retire with? Oh, I'm, I'm going to retire with a five $5 million. I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, let me ask you a question. How much you invest in every month and what percentages are you looking to obtain? Right. They don't know the answer to yeah. that. So they're actually that. just spitballing because they want to say something that sounds good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they're not good. Mm -hmm. So we try to help them break that down. But, you know, that's usually what the case is. With me, I'm by the books, by the numbers. So if it takes me X amount of dollars or X amount of years to make X amount of dollars, I need to make that money, get a job. (laughs) You understand? So if, like, for instance, we put that money to work, which is the renewals, my renewals go into my stock account. I don't even look at it. It's done like it's it's I don't need it. Mm -hmm. I put it right into my stock account Mm -hmm. and my my business is the busyness of creating other streams of income. Mm. So that's where I'm at. So this way I don't have to worry about chasing percentages. Whenever you chase returns, you get burnt. So I'm not chasing that. I'm at a point where now just keep putting it in. Just Keep putting it in. Keep putting it in. And then the other thing too, I think that needs to be mentioned is that it's, it's about that purpose that's in front of me. The thing that drives me most is my little three year old. Yeah. You know, I want to know that by the time I'm check, check out of here, mm-hmm. he's, he can write any check, check he want anywhere.
0: Right, right, right. That's the driver. And we're going to talk about the book in a minute. So, mm-hmm. Kevin, so that's the first start. We we got to build up income, right? Income that we can use to invest, to build. What's the next thing that you did after you got this Bro, income? Well, let me, let me say
1: one thing on that, and I'll say what the next thing is. I would say we have to change our mind first. If you don't grow your brain trust, you can't grow your family trust. Yes. So you need you need multiple streams of income. Yes. One job is played out. That's what they sold you. You brought it. Now look at how your life is. You- right? woo! Stop buying into that nonsense, right? Yes. So multiple streams of income. Next thing, this is the digital age. Stop with the physical labor, guys. Stop trying to rent your time out. Hmm. Rent your mind out. You can be in multiple places, but your time, you can only be in one place at one time. Push a button from your internet, from your computer, make some more money, some in a digital way. And then the other thing is get into spaces that they're not talking about to you. But to everybody else, they are talking about the the cryptos, the NFTs, the and I don't mean like buying. I'm talking about the creation. It's easy to create these things.
0: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Development. Get into the 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 ownership, the founder lane, mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of being the person who's the bait or right. the social capital,
0: right? You know, yeah.
1: Meta, Facebook, whatever you want to call it. But every time we sign on to them, the advertisers get extremely happy. <laughs> They don't want none of this. They
0: <laughs> and they're advertising things that we didn't make.
1: <laughs> Listen, you know? I mean, it's like my buddy sent me, it was, it was, I think it was like twelve thirty last night. He sent me something, he said all of these people's big richest people, all the biggest investments. And he said, Not one African American on there. I said, Yeah, because we too busy buying Gucci. We try to be fluid out and you know, dripping. Like, we dripping. whatever. Like, come on, man. Stop playing.
0: We dripping. We dripping. K. we dripping. I want to talk about KJ. He's the light of your life. Shouts out to your wife. Hi, family. I know they're leaning in, listening. Um, You wrote a book. Who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. Um, Why? Why did you write that? Why was that so important for you to convey that message for
1: KJ? So when we grow up, right, mm-hmm. there's a couple of things. We're not guaranteed to see tomorrow. So a lot of us are happy if we see 25. Right, right. What type of aspirations is that? Mm. I saw a lot of people when I turned 50, die at 50. Mm -hmm. And was like, wow. Mm -hmm. So now here I am at 51 having a baby. Mm -hmm. So now I'm thinking about my mortality and not being there for his 18th birthday. Mm -hmm. So I I remember I was in Vegas and I wrote the first chapter, Tears and Eyes, right in this chapter. Mm -hmm because I knew what I was doing I said okay why don't we have the scrolls why don't we have the the blueprint why don't we leave something behind except for good words of wisdom and a pat on the back and an attaboy or an girl? Mm-hmm. write it down mm-hmm. so everything that it took me I wrote down, if you read the book, you'll see I explained how insurance works to my son. Mm -hmm. I explained stock investments to my son. Mm -hmm. I made sure that it was catered and and targeted to my son, because I said son in it about a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And I made sure that he knew his dad. Mm -hmm. Like, so in case I wasn't there to tell him, he can read it. And I think that was more important than anything could have ever done. So what I did was again I played with the numbers. I said, okay, it's going to be a two hundred page book. How many pages must I write? Three pages a day, forty five days, ninety days, whatever the case may be. Mm. I knock it out. I got it done in forty five days, and the book was done. Mm. And I'm a very pro. It's it. I could say that I'm poetic, but I, I it's the way I target, the way I'm writing. It's all emotions, mm. right? And mm. And what was happening was it wasn't a book for anybody else. It was a book that was meant for my son to read to go, wow, yeah, this is where I came from. Right. So that's why I wrote the book. Mm.
0: Mm. And it's a guide for all of us. I just wish it was audible, Kevin.
1: You know, <laughs> I was going to do the audible. I posted it. But pandemics rose again, big time. Mm. Now that that pandemic in Florida, the numbers are really low again. Yeah. I'm going to record it because I could pay somebody to do it, to get it off my chest. But I think it's important that I do that for him.
0: Yes. We want to hear your voice.
1: Yeah. Just that mean the reading part, you know, I got a, I'm a perfectionist. I don't want to be running up studio time because I'm like, hold on, no, let's do that over. Yeah. Guy's going to look at it as a business. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Only because it's, different. it's it's repeatable, right? Because I'm an Audible junkie. I listen to all the books on Audible and I can listen to you at the gym versus, you know, committing to sit down and physically, you know, once I read it. do it. I'm going to do it.
1: You just reminded me. I'm going to put it back on my yeah, list.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I'm in the middle of working on this masterclass right now. Yeah, so I have yeah, to finish yeah. that.
0: Make it audible because then I can gift it to people too. <laughs> That's an audible. Yes, ma'am. Let's get back to, all right, we talked about the first step and I talked to, I interject the book, so I apologize for that. But what would be the next thing we could do or should do to start building or strengthening our muscles pertaining to wealth?
1: They're going to like this one.
0: We don't care. Read.
1: Read. Read. So- what I find is that, like, if you if you look it up, Google it, the average millionaire reads four to five books a month. A month. So check into how many books you read this year,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right,
1: and see where you are right now. And right. here's the this, here's the psychology of it. If you're constantly in your own head, you can't do something new with old thoughts. Right. So you need to keep put, putting information in, and you get what you most focus on. So if you always focus on me, 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 but not the... The external, I'm going to build something for my purpose, which is my why, which mm-hmm. should be family, mm-hmm. right? Well, you can, yeah, listen, it doesn't have to be family for right. you. For me, it's family. If right. You're a family person, mm-hmm. right? You're going to work harder for somebody else than you work for yourself. Just mm-hmm. go. You work for somebody else right now. They bust your tail, but you don't do nothing on that, on your own when you get home from work. Complain about how much you work for somebody else. Right. True. So Thanks. I look at it from the standpoint of reading. So some of the books I always tell people to read is like, all the Peter Lynch books like One Up on Wall Street, um, uh, Beating the Street, Learn to Earn, mm-hmm. read those books. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. They'll get their basic and then they give you a basic dynamic of what's happening and let these books lead you to another book. Right. Then you can get into the Warren Buffett's or the Benjamin Graham's. Benjamin Graham is like taking a lesson in college because it's written a long time ago. Yeah. It's really thick. And it's really complicated for a person who just started, so that might be too much for you to digest. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Peter Lynch is easy. Mm-hmm. But you'll, once you open that up and you read books like Elon Musk, mm-hmm. you know, <coughs> excuse me, you know how I am about books, yeah. right? So, and you keep reading about the people who run companies, mm-hmm. you know, the people who started these vanguards. Mm-hmm. You know, Money Masters the Game by Tony Robbins. You keep reading, keep educating yourself right. before you do. You have to learn what to do before you execute. Don't do just because someone said do and then you did. That makes you stupid. That's
0: what we so do. you don't want
1: to do that. That's what we right? Do. That's what we I know do. that was a little bit of barge. We
0: did. We. <laughs> That's what oh, we do, man. Kevin, because we want things instant. We want things right away. Sometimes, Kevin, in all honesty, we feel like we've. We've missed a lot of opportunities. We've wasted a lot of time. We didn't know. So now we we, we have some money or, or an opportunity to invest. We just jump in and we don't do the research. Can you explain the importance of like knowing what you're doing? You just touched on it. But for you, research is important, correct?
1: Yeah, extremely. Look at so number this one, face. you know the deal. That's like a lob. But anyway, um. Warren Buffett made 97% of his wealth after the age of 52. Mm. So for you people looking, come on, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Stop
1: that. Yeah. If you got breath in your lungs, you can get some. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Um, research is important to me because. I have to have conviction in what I'm buying because this market is not the up market. Mm -hmm. It's the stock market. Mm -hmm. Stocks go up and stocks go down. Mm -hmm. So I need to buy companies, not price. Mm -hmm. If I buy the company, if it goes down, I know I get myself a discount. If I buy price, it goes down. I'm like, Mm -hmm. hell below. Right. Right. So I, I do that. So I know where I'm at. The other parts of it is, learning the financials of these companies. So, you know, to me, research is going to allow you to do real research. Not, right, I read an article about the company and it sounds good. <laughs> Get out of here, you know, and then the other things are after the fact, but I'll let yeah. you ask questions and I'll leave.
0: <laughs> no, give me the after the fact. Come on, give me some more. You're rolling.
1: No, nah, I'm just saying like, it, it's not just about, research either mm-hmm. it's a, you know your emotions will get you out of money before get you in the money facts right facts. so you got to know you and then you got to understand a long view here's what i mean most people these days this is the microwave society like it or yes. love it right yes. so most people what they want to do is get rich quick
0: mm-hmm.
1: i want to get wealthy slow hear me you want to get rich quick i want to get wealthy slow mm-hmm. Why? Because rich goes away real quick and wealth slow stays around long mm. though. Mm. And so when you think about it that way, say, okay, mountains, I can, if I keep throwing bricks upon bricks upon bricks every day of my life, I'm going to have for the rest of my life, I got 29,200 days. If I live to 80, mm-hmm. that's a lot
0: of bricks. That's a lot. It's
1: a lot of bricks. Now I throw a little spicy percentage on that. When I know what I'm doing, that's a lot of chips. Mm-hmm. But if you keep spending what you think is a lot to you, you don't even think big enough for your vision. You don't even have a vision. Hmm. So you gotta learn how to think outside of yourself. Hmm. So if you think having a hundred grand in your bank account is a lot of money, or having a million dollars is a lot of money, you're thinking too small. All the billionaires are telling you already. You are starting out with your junior kit, spend a dollar and you ain't a millionaire no more. So what you doing? And give some taxes away. Them boys is coming after you. So you got to think, a million dollars is number 20 years of four grand. That's it. So retired 60, you out of your million by the time you 80. Don't live to 95 on Social Security. Yeah. And a person with a million dollars that know, doesn't know how to work a million goes broke when they get their retirement. Mm. The person that knows how to build a million and make money, those are the people who have money for generations. Mm. Right? And I'm saying million as a starting point, not like you know yeah. this is what you got to aspire to yeah. because Think about it. We all made millions in our life. If you look backwards, the money that we spent, mm-hmm. we just is, gave it to somebody else.
0: Is it, and so Kevin, I know people are probably thinking like it, the stock market, to your point, it goes up, it goes down. Is that somewhere, is that a place where we can really create wealth? And I don't, well, I don't, there's think... only a
1: couple of ways you can create wealth.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: You know, building a business, right. That's going to take a team, right. Um, real estate. Yes. And and stocks.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. And stock market outpaces the real estate market. Mm. Just do the math over the last hundred years. Yeah. It's close.
0: Yeah.
1: You ain't making enough land, but there's plenty of stocks.
0: Mm-hmm. So I look at it
1: from a standpoint of, you know, it's like I gave the example on McDonald's. If your parents had the foresight and the wisdom to buy two thousand dollars worth of McDonald's in 1962 when it went public in December. Mm-hmm. They'd be worth over seventeen million dollars right now.
0: Right, right.
1: You split twelve times. Right. But and and that and they're not keep they didn't keep buying it. They just it was just two thousand. Hit a or, or leave you alone, mm-hmm. forget about
0: it. Right, 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 right.
1: Now think about how many McDonald's there are now. Well, you if you think of McDonald's, you're wrong. You have to be thinking what is the new economy doing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's next mm-hmm. for the next twenty years? Mm-hmm. When Amazon was trading at fifty dollars a share in the nineties. No one knew what Amazon would be. Nobody. Right?
0: Nobody, yes. That's
1: why I always tell people, let the math lead you on the path. Let <laughs> you know what the math is. You know how to do the research. Yes. Right? Yes. Then you can see the numbers. And mm. those numbers jump out to you when you understand what it is. Mm. When you don't know what you're looking at, and you take in the person who doesn't or has just as much as you or not that much more than you, you mm. take in their advice because you heard it in the barbershop. Yeah. Here's the deal on Wall Street by the time you hear about it. It's already too late. It's
0: done. Yeah, it's passed. Mm. Yeah. Kevin, we talked about a lot of books. I know Peter Finch is someone that you recommend. Peter Lynch. Peter, uh, do you have a favorite?
1: My book. I'm just <laughs> That's
0: fine. That's I'm fine. Sure
1: you, you have um, another one? No, do I have a favorite? Um, I like those three. Okay. I like Learn to Earn is the first one because that's the one that... It's simple enough for people to digest, right? And, and it's it's good because the whole thought, here's why. The whole thought behind Peter Lynch is buy what you know. Now, keep in mind, Peter Lynch didn't like technology, but he wrote the books back in the in the um, 70s, 80s.
0: Right. Right? Right.
1: So there was a different thought process back then. But when you really look at buy what you know, if you would have bought half of the stocks, monetize what you patronize. Mm-hmm. You'd be mega mega right now. Mm-hmm. If you was buying it, like let's say you had to go purchase the stock before you can buy the good that you love to use. Right. You don't Netflix right now. Right. You don't Square right now. You don't yeah. own a lot of companies yeah. right now. Yeah. But so his whole thought process is buy what you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it was great. And but my my remix on it, because you gotta remix it, is buy what you understand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause I don't care if you know it, but if you don't understand it, what if it's that time is past now.
0: Right. Like
1: the product, but the numbers, the ship of sale, has gotten too big to grow now. Right. What you gonna do?
0: Right, right. 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 Do you listen to a podcast? Like podcasts or anything like that?
1: No. I shout out my people, earn your leisure. That's probably the only podcast I listen to, but I don't really listen to I rather read the books from the people who made the game.
0: Okay. Then the talk than to listen to people. Yeah, because
1: like- I don't want hearsay. I don't want second party. You know, if I, if I need to learn something new, um, I'm going to get a book. Like, I just got a book in the mail and uh, a physical book because I needed that book. But also, I'll YouTube until I find someone as reputable and consistent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll do that. That's when I'm studying something. Okay. I'll use it as a reference to see if it's right. And then I'll back test it against other people. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I really like to get it from a source like Peter Thiel and the rest of these people who've done some really monstrous things, because if you got a vision for yourself that says, I want to make a couple of million in a world where people are getting more than three, four, 500 billion, Mm -hmm. you got to look at it like this. You thinking too small. So if you're trying to leave something behind, as far as a legacy is concerned, you can do that with less though. You don't have to be thinking about millions. Mm -hmm. Like I said this the other day, you know, if I got $500 and I get my whole family to agree to put $500 away, Every single month, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I if I stretch that over a hundred generations, or not hundred, three generations, or let's go ninety to a hundred years, that's a hundred million dollars. Yes,
0: yes, over a hundred
1: million dollars, actually.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: right, mm-hmm. two hundred years is like sixty four billion, something like that. Right. But there's a plan that has to go with that. You just can't go, okay. Let me do that. Let me put that away and see. No, there's a plan. And there's dynamics to that whole plan, and you got to really work it. And finesse it to a certain point, and you got to stay consistent. Mm. And that's the other thing: when people don't get their way, they throw the they throw the rattle and the basketball they take home with them because they're not getting the performance they want to see right away. Mm-hmm. Well, that's on you.
0: Yeah, you stupid, yeah. right?
1: You short term. Yeah. You'll never see money like never.
0: Yeah. But
1: the people who waited, who actually was consistent in their plan, boom, 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 march with their conviction of the numbers. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who benefited. Yeah, those are the people that profit. Yeah. So it's about consistency.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna speak from a personal space. Uh, I missed out. You miss out when you're not consistent. If you're not okay. doing, if you're not doing the work, if you're not paying attention, if you're distracted by life, if other things get your attention, you're gonna miss out. But, but it's you never know what? That's okay. Too, but it's never too late, right? You can get get it back on track.
1: <laughs> but you need. But let me. And I say it's okay for this reason. You need that. Yeah. You need to, you need to bump your toe mm. in the middle of the night to know that you don't want to do that no yeah, more. Yeah, I
0: don't want to do that no more. Right? And, no and more.
1: you need to sit on the sideline to realize that, okay, this is what works. I need to stop playing around with yes. what I think yes. and do what I know.
0: And do what I know. And do what I know, and and it goes it goes effortlessly when you do it that way. Kevin, when if somebody looked at your phone, what apps would they see? Which financial apps do you have on there? Look <laughs> at his face. That was a good question. <laughs> you have a lot. App. Okay, so we're talking beginners. We're talking people just trying to get into it. Or I'll give you the app apps that I give people. everybody. Huh, How about you. that? All right. So
1: the first app. Yahoo Finance.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: I checked that about a million times. <laughs> Yahoo. Yahoo Finance. Uh, CNBC.com. Uh-huh. Um, market Watch.
0: Market Watch.
1: Um TechCrunch. Tech Crunch. Mm. Tech crunch. Um, Wall Street Journal. Barron's, Yes. Barrons. Yes. Um, uh, stock Twits.
0: Yes.
1: Trading View.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It's a bunch of them you listen, you, you watch every day. Throughout well, day. I
1: mean, I'll look at them every day. Certain things, for certain certain app for certain things. Okay. You know, I got Think a Swim on there and I got an account with them, but I don't use them. I use Fidelity, but I use Think of Swim for their news because it's real time. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of things on there. You know, I, I don't, um uh I'll use trading. I'm just really getting into trading for you, but I have it. I'm really getting into it. But then Ben Zinger, you mm. know, I have not the app but the, the service I'm yeah. trying out. Like I'm whatever I can get good information, I'm gonna that's try to try it out.
0: That's what you're doing. Okay. Talk to me about this investment dojo behind you. What is that about, Kevin? Oh that thing? Yes. That um, thing. We're wearing it. I got I'm wearing it for people that's <coughs> watching the investment dojo, right? Let's go financially list. Right, so tell us about uh, investment Do- dojo. That's your baby. What is that about?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, when the uh-huh. pandemic hit, like, okay, let's go back a little bit. I moved to Florida and I got real serious about investing. And I I invited a couple of of my people to what was free at the time. You know, uh, the GroupMe app, and I would post stocks that I was researching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I could tell you, because I still have the data, because the, data, the group me still live, about 11, to, I would say no, 9 out of 11 of those stocks went up over triple. And my buddy, uh, John Spobby was like, you know, when the pandemic hit, he's like, yo, you should start an investment group. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't want to start an investment club. <laughs> There's too many yeah. parameters with investment club, yeah. but I can do the investment coaching. Right. And um that's what happened and then it started with like just a thought process we went from 29 people on our page to um in a couple of months to 200 from 200 to 2,000 from 2,000 or 4,000 now it's like 6,800 people on the yeah. page yeah. and you know what I do is I try to teach people to have a lot of fun mm. while learning yeah. so that's why we do the the stock contest Mm -hmm. every month. Mm -hmm. I'm taking off the month of December, but Mm -hmm. we do it every single month. Mm -hmm. And it's the best thing ever Mm because people just, they didn't realize they can have so much fun Mm -hmm. and learn, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we've been doing extremely well. I mean, 2020 was obviously a bomb year for everybody. Uh, 2021 is a little Mm -hmm. bit like, ah, but now we're starting to come up and get it right Mm because consistency sells. And then um, I'm building an app right now for Investment Dojo, Mm -hmm. Where it's going to be like the game, but only better, uh, play to earn, all that stuff. It'll be it'll be really really hot. So that whole entity is turned into a financial, um, like a fintech scenario for me. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, okay, people get out there and they don't know what they're doing. So how can you create a service that helps them mm. do? what they need to do. So yeah. the, my coaching is one thing, yeah. right? Yes. Another thing is, I'm about to start advertising the other day, but you know, just the master classes and then the screening scenarios, because instead of hearing something from someone and you don't know what the deal is, you, you'd be great to have a service to call for them to analyze the situation and know if you was doing, right. making a good move, right? Right. right? So I'm doing all of those things, um, but with a track record. So a lot of things has, has, for me, has to be based on empirical evidence. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. oh hearsay. Yeah, yeah. We no, want them to see what the real deal is and they go, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, so the investment dojo product for me is just, you know, something that I can leave in the hands of my son. So my whole thought process was, well, what if he doesn't want to do coaching? Oh, hey, he oh, will have the money. All right? You know, that's not the issue. But, I want to make sure I can build like the, 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 FinTech space scenarios where I can hire the right people to do the right thing, where he doesn't have to do anything right. if he doesn't want to. Right. But the other half of that is not to leave him in a situation where he's just lazy and good for nothing. And he's not, he's a hippie kid. Right. No, he's going to he's not going to know there's money that exists really. Mm. So the way I think about it is kind of, how do I raise money to his knowledge as a tool
0: mm-hmm.
1: where he knows how to use it? Yes. And what it stands for without money being everything that he lives for. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So he's only going to know that is if I let him get out into the world and listen to all the people who chase money. Right. Right. Because you see all the people who have money chase love.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, and then they're trying to get their diets right. Cause yeah. they don't want to die. Cause da, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes like just that whole process. So it's, it's a FinTech space for me. That's what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just building that up. I got some really loyal, good people, mm-hmm. you know, around me mm-hmm. and I want to serve them. So the best thing for me is to create something where hopefully everybody can eat off of that one day.
0: Right, 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 right. That's good stuff, Kevin. That's really good stuff. Um, how do you balance everything, Kay? Because you're doing a lot right now. You, For the people that can't see you and, and Whitney, I say this out of love. This is a good looking person I'm looking at here. This guy. Works out. He's got dimples to die for. He's got dimples when he smiles. He looks great. Every time we're on a call, my son walks by and says, that guy always looks good, (laughs) Mike. So you working out, you're eating, you balance, you have a wife, you have a small child. How do you do it all, Kevin?
1: It's not something that I think about. Got to do it. Mm. Think like this. (coughs) Excuse me. I have a three-year-old. Yes. I'm 55 now. Mm Mm-hmm. I better take care of myself because I want to see his 18th birthday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm vegan right now. Okay. I say right now. I say right now, right since now. I don't get locked in. <laughs> but I'm a month and a half in, almost yeah. two months, okay. and it's feeling okay. good. Okay. Um, but I'm vegan right now. Why? Because I gotta be mindful of what I put in my body.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Um, you know, when it comes down to investment dojo, I, I'm very. Um, I put, I build a lot of parameters. When people can contact me, when they can't contact yes, me, and then I'm yes. quick to let them know they're off bounds, and they yeah. know the deal, yeah. and they respect it because if you got a family you're going to respect it. If you're selfish and you're not going to be around me anyway, you know how I roll. I keep my circle real clean. I'm razors with it. I cut a nice sharp line around me. So the right people are around me. So they don't stress me out. Yeah, um, I'm there for my folks. You know, there's never a situation where they text me and like, I don't get back to them unless I totally drop the ball on it. But that's like, now I get back to everybody quickly and I don't complain about it. Cause it's something that I chose. So it's actually something I love to do. You know, think about it. If you can get results for people. Yeah. And and real results. And, and you got like, listen, five people, not really a test case. Over 100 people, there's a test case. That's there. a test
0: case, Kevin. Yeah. There's a test
1: case there. Yes. So when you look at that scenario, because people ain't gonna stay around, it's a herd mentality if the things are going the other way.
0: We're, yes. Right? Yes.
1: And then there's some people in there that, you know, will just like not recognize opportunities when they're there.
0: Yeah.
1: They'll talk about how they used to be a part of something that was yeah. great. Because later on hindsight is twenty twenty, but for the most part, I'm building something that people could go, wow, that's great, yeah. you know. Um, it's because, like, for instance, I got you know my tr- family trust, and when I got that done, I realized a lot of people didn't have a trust. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know how to do these things, mm-hmm. but I had to go through a couple of people to find the right
0: person. Right.
1: You know, so I'm thinking to myself, what if you didn't have to do that no more? Mm. You you knew exactly who to rock with because you yes. knew they were. You know, so there's services around what I'm doing right now. Yes. And I'm having a good time with it.
0: Yeah. Because we don't know, Kevin. We don't know. We think we know, but we don't know. And We don't.
1: I don't know. I just, listen, my dad told me you can never learn 1% of the world's information. So learn what you need to know, not what you think you know.
0: Mm. Different.
1: Right. Mm. So when it comes down to it and just balance, balance is everything, you know, just when you're trying to really get where you need to go, you're not going to have that much balance because you're always moving.
0: Right.
1: I'm at a point where I can have some balance because there's certain, there's periods of time, like between everybody knows at the four o'clock, don't holler at the kid.
0: Yes. Let them go.
1: (laughs) Don't do it. Don't you do them. Let you know, listen, I'll answer you back, but I don't take calls after four.
0: That is correct.
1: Right. Yes. So it becomes like, okay, so yeah, I can have balance,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I'm upfront with it. I'm mm-hmm. not rude with it. Mm-hmm. And they know it. I do it out of love because mm-hmm. you love your family. Would you like to be interrupted during yeah, dinner?
0: Yeah. No, no, nah, no, 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 no. But you, but you start your day early though.
1: Yeah. I'm six in the morning. You yeah. can get me a six. Yeah.
0: See, People are, if you can can hit me a six. I'm going to hit you back. <laughs> they hit you a Like as soon as, oh, Kevin is Listen, up. Listen,
1: I'm up earlier. Yes. And I'll be one, and I'm writing, but I said, I can't really write this now because I can't hit that group at six in the morning, so I'm just going (laughs) to (laughs) relax.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and then, too, like like somewhere around 7, good morning, good morning, and then that's when it happens. So you're having a ball, and we're having a yeah. ball, too. I will say this. We, we're we meeting different people. We're meeting. We're creating new friendships, new, mm. new uh, mm. alliances and ties because it's a train that we're collectively moving together on, and we all want to see each other win, and so that's Absolutely. a good vibe. That, Absolutely. That is a
1: I, I, You vibe. saw me vote. I posted that the other day. Mm-hmm. Your results are my results. Yes, you did. I'm I'm carrying you on my back. I'm wearing the same jersey you wear. Yes, you are. So, come on now. This ain't no do as I say do. This is all we do. All everybody gets in. Ain't no crabs in this barrel. We threw those out. We own the barrels.
0: Yeah, different. Yeah, it's a good feeling, Kevin. It's a good feeling. Congratulations on everything. How can people find you, Kay?
1: Um, Investment Dojo on Facebook. Um, My Instagram is the real KYS. Or you can go investment dojo. You'll find me there, but the real KYs, um, KYZE. Okay.
0: okay. Um,
1: the, um, Facebook group is really where you can reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Unlike most people who moderate a group, I reach out to the people. If they reach out to me, I hit them yeah, back. I don't do. ignore them.
0: You do. And you put good information on that Facebook page too. So that's a good place for people to start and get to know you and see what kind of information you're providing. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get back into my YouTube game, but. I wanted to wait till I uh, kind of get a strategy for it because that's a lot, you know, yeah, to keep up.
0: It is. And so for people to join the game that you talked about, um, when can they sign up for that? You're not doing it in December. Can they sign up now and start in January? Is that how if they, if it?
1: they can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I said I wasn't doing one in December. It's the beginning of November. If if enough people hit me, I'll do one in December.
0: Okay. You no. Know?
1: I mean, I got some great people who run the games with me, so it's not a problem for me to do. I was just figuring in giving them a rest in yeah. December.
0: Yeah, yeah, give them a break. But if they want
1: to reach out to me, that's fine too.
0: Okay, all right. Well, Kevin, thank you. This is our time, You're welcome. Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome. Bob. I
1: enjoyed it. we went by.
0: Yeah a lot of gems and some jewels in there, giving some people things to think about and things to put also, in action. Yes, sir.
1: If they want to get the book, the paperback book, they can go to Amazon if they want the ebook. But I sign all the paperback books. They can go to www.thepoplife.blog mm-hmm. like I'm a pop, thepoplife.blog the and you can get the book.
0: I think I want a signed copy because I have the online. The yeah, I only
1: have 18 left. So That's it? <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I have to order some and I'm not ordering anything until (laughs) those are gone. So I have 18. So whoever wants to order
0: one. I want mine signed. Then it can go into one case. Done deal. Yes. And one one thing about the investment dojo, can um, families play? Can families do it like kids? You want kids engaged? It's not an adult thing. Right, Kevin?
1: I mean, let's put it this way. If they're, I would like them to be 16 years or older. Okay um there's a reason why because you have adults in there
0: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
1: and the parents have to sign the kids up right because i don't want them in control of that whole station
0: mm-hmm. if
1: i had 13 year olds in there people are adults and they don't always respect the lanes mm-hmm. um even though people around me are respectful yes. i can't be accountable for everyone that's there I so i would rather keep it where they're mature enough to understand what's happening
0: mm-hmm. got it all right fair enough
1: but I will be doing a kid's dojo soon.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Cause we want to train them up right in the way they should go. We don't want to wait until we're older and then, Oh, we may so much. I'd rather advantage. do
1: classes for them and yeah. games yeah. as well.
0: They want hands on immediate interaction. That's what that is with the kids. Absolutely. Right? Keep their attention going. Then you can get in their face. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> Kevin, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. I'll be talking to you You're this welcome,
1: week. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. All right. right. So,
0: guys, you know what it is. You know where you can find me. But today's show was sponsored by the Reclamation Project, right? I talked about it at the beginning of the show. This beautiful woman, I'm telling you, listen, she's had an exhibit um, here in Atlanta. It's coming up to a close. It's wrapping up. The closing reception is going to be November 13th from 7 to 10 at Tri-Cities Tattoo Company. The Reclamation Project for who? Uh, I'm sorry for she, for she who who is for she who is right. Um, a little bit about that. The Reclamation Project, curated by Kimberly Stewart Lucas, um, is a visual celebration of Black women's beauty, spirituality, sensuality, and sexuality of all the perceived self-image and worth as women. The Reclamation Project is a love letter to Black women, young. And oh. So listen, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, it's not too late. The closing reception is on the 13th at this Saturday. Go ahead and sign up. I had been honored to be one of the sponsors of this. It was was phenomenal. You're not going to be sorry by checking out this um, project. So feel free to sign up and check it out. Um, For me, I am everywhere. I am on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, Real Chicks Rock. Go follow it. Go chase it. Yes, we got a YouTube YouTube channel, go subscribe so you don't miss anything. Sign up so you can get our blog, so you know what we're talking about, what we're doing. We're doing it right. So um I'm going to slide out of here. I want to thank all the listeners. Get Live Radio in the UK, wdj y ninety nine one FM, the On Channel, and Beat Break Radio FM. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.